Quiz. It's a bunch of Orange Cassidy's. No, the, that's not British. I sound like Chuck. Call at 1 800 BI. We watch movies so Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Quarantine Edition. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies, Chuck Banner. And with me, my co-hosts as always, Tater Ricardo. And my other co-host as always... JT, badass, hunky dude, appealing guy man money. (laughs) And this is episode 106. She's the man. Oh, oh, oh. She's the man. Yeah. Are you going to do a Christmas album this year, Chuck? I feel like it's. I really feel like it's been a while since we've gotten a Chuck Banner movie title theme song and i really that was that hit the spot that was really good well i just listened to creek chat for the first time and, how, uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that uh, that intro piece by chucky uh, b that's why i think he should do a freaking christmas album i agree with you 100 percent. yeah yeah it's a it's a good attempt at singing kind of we'll get you on spotify yeah. <laughs> let's let's work on getting the podcast on Spotify first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so like we said, uh we watched She's the Man, and if you have any questions or comments, you can go to fitrandyquates.com and let us know what the fuck is up. You can also give us a call at one eight hundred biatch. And if you recognize that line, maybe it's in the trailer. Maybe it's not. Maybe you'll find out in a few seconds when we give you the trailer for She's the Man. Uh, 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 oh, she's the man. She's the man. She's the man. She's the man. Uh, uh. That was fucking beautiful. Ladies, today we're going to go over the guidelines for a graceful, ladylike entree into society. Make sure she's in the back for the group photo. Viola was facing a fate worse than death. Ta-da! Sorry, Mom. I have a strict no ruffles policy. Until her twin brother, Sebastian. Where are you going? London for a couple of weeks. What are you going to do about school? I was kind of hoping you could help me with that. Showed her a way out. Could you just, like, pretend to be me? You want me to turn you into your brother? Nobody in Elyria has even met Sebastian. They wouldn't know the difference. Now, she's headed to Elyria Academy. Let's go kick cow! Where the men have games and the women have attitude. Hey there, pretty lady. Ew, girls with butts like mine do not talk to boys with faces like yours. Uh. What up? We're gonna be tight, bro! Seriously, how old are you? Uh, skipped a couple grades. <laughs> There is something odd about that new boy. You are so busted! But at this school, everyone's got a secret. Duke wants Olivia. Do you like cheese? Who wants Sebastian. Isn't he cute? How you doing, babe? Who is really Viola, whose brother is dating Monique. So she hates Olivia, who's dating Duke, to make Sebastian jealous. What does your heart tell you? Huh? Which one would you rather see naked? Is really Viola getting jealous because she wants Duke? 
who thinks she's a guy. Okay. Okay. Uh -oh. And this is where it gets really complicated. Excuse me, doofus. Boy. Sexual tension, male-female dynamics, all part of the high school experience. Love is pain. I hate high school. Is it just me, or does this soccer game have more nudity than most? This spring, I'm not really good at talking to girls. Why? You're hot. What? <clears throat> You're an appealing guy. Man. Guy, guy man. The secret is out. Amanda Bynes, Alex Breckenridge, Channing Tatum, Robert Hoffman, Vinnie Jones, Laura Ramsey, and David Cross. I got lady troubles. I got a lifetime of knowledge. She's the man. Oh! Oh, duh. Oh, right. In the soccer stadium. Football. Football stadium. Again. It's football stadium. Is it a stadium stampede? Stadium stampede. It was at the end. Yeah, it kind turned of. into a brawl. It was a brawl for all. There we go. I like that one, too. <laughs> Bring it back. But I just want to say one thing real quick. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the click. Thank you for listening this long. <laughs> and there's much more to go we have a brand new episode of creek chat available every monday we have gotten through the first season so go ahead and go listen to those first five or six episodes that uh you know have already come out by the time you are listening to the sweet sounds of chuck banner in your ears I, I promise I promise you you'll all appreciate Chucky B. Oh yeah, Chucky B's a good guy. He's just, you know, a different version of Chuck Banner, the the host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. But <laughs> here on just regular good old fifty Randy Quades, we wanna let you know that we're gonna talk everything about She's the Man. Everything about it? At least we mean to. But we are going to give you a warning because we're gracious hosts. You know, we're humble. You speak for yourself, buddy. I, I'm gracious. And beautiful. But we're going to give you a three-second warning. And I guess we'll go from three down to one. I like that you replaced humble with beautiful. Yeah, it, it works better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's show us realistic. that you can count again. Uh, okay, so here's your warning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason we give a warning is because we spoil the fucking shit out of this movie. Or we're at least... Tell yeah, we're gonna He's going to say, I think, at least with me, too. I don't know. He's not talking. I think, so. I think someone might have already <laughs> said that. Just start the countdown and edit this shit out. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. I mean, it's in the title. She's the man. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> uh, okay, so when he says she, he, JT Money, is referring to Amanda Bynes, who is playing Viola and Sebastian. But there's someone else who's also playing Sebastian, but no one else Sebastian. is playing Viola. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so this is a sports, a sportsy romantic comedy. But it's not sportsy enough you could have covered it on the sportsy show, correct? No, no, not at all. Okay. Because it's not real life sports. 
this did feel like a realistic portrayal of preparatory school football slash soccer. Oh, absolutely. They, they definitely all looked like they were in high school. Absolutely. That's how I imagine those schools are like. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly that. Kids sneaking out windows to run away for to London for two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this movie's rated PG-13 for some sexual material. Just a little bit. I would say it's highly. What kind of movie do you have if you don't have sexualized teenagers? That's a question that I haven't answered yet. I guess you have, like, a child's movie? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love there were rape jokes in Angry Birds, so. Plus PG-13. PG-13. Are we saying a 13-year-old is not a child? No, definitely a child. Okay, then. See? This is a movie for children. I guess it depends on, like, are there degrees of children? Let's not start this conversation. How about the domestic theater release? Oh, you mean in March 17, 2006? Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. It was a killer weekend for, um, she's a man, because it debuted at number four for a whopping $13 million in its opening weekend. That's pretty good, I'd say, right? I mean, it's number four. Only three three movies were ahead of it. I'd say for that type of movie, yeah, absolutely, that's pretty good. I'm extremely surprised it was in the top five. But I, was Amanda Bynes... I, I wrote this down. I think this is the first Amanda Bynes movie I've ever watched before. 2006. Yeah, so 2006, how established of a movie persona was she already? I'd imagine this wasn't her first leading role, but maybe it was close to it. It could have been. Yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I don't know the history of... Uh, I almost called her Banana Minds. Uh, Banana Minds. <laughs> I don't know the history of Amanda Bynes, but uh, other than this movie and uh, all, all that. Right, she's all that. That's the... That's no, 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 no. The all kidding, that kidding. Nickelodeon I'm television I'm show. No, I know. That's the only thing I know her from. Yeah, and this movie, and that's it. No, that, that is all I know her from, too. Yeah. Uh, but this movie... This movie's fucking great. Hey. Had either of you seen this movie before this no. viewing? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I this, this was definitely a rewatch. So number one in that uh, that weekend in 2006, that fateful weekend that she <laughs> the man came out. Um, number one was V for Vendetta, $33.8 million. New movie. Debut. Number two, Failure to Launch. I assume... Is a documentary about um, Apollo Spaceships Six. It is a romantic comedy starring Matthew McConaughey and um, fucking Goldie Hawn's daughter. All right, I was wrong. It's not about spaceships. Why did they call it ready to launch? I know that movie Failure exists. To Failure to launch. But it, it did not make, about what what it did make twenty point four million dollars in week two. Really? That's that that's quite a bit. Yeah, I made quite a bit of money. Yeah. Uh, the Shaggy Dog in its second week, sixteen and a half million. Is that the movie about where Tim Allen got arrested for cocaine? Or is that just where he voices a dog? I think he voices a dog. Okay. I didn't know if it was a documentary, too, like Failure to Launch. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, because he's not a real dog. He's just a voice. He's not a real dog? Nope. Well, maybe the reason they were failing the launch is because it wasn't a real ship. 
Maybe. Maybe it was because the, the hills have eyes, which is number five. That one's about spaceships. I know it. Ten and a half milli in his second week. They are talking about the hills of Mars, so you are correct. Sweet. Tater. I bet you Matt Damon's in it. Probably. That is also correct. <laughs> so this movie, She's the Man, starring Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. 20 milli. Let's this talk about that clever in- title for a second. She's the man. Well, I but, mean, that's fucking clever. I'm just saying. I hope I hope the intern they had who titled this got a raise. But I don't know if it's that clever. It's fine. Either way, <laughs> domestically, this movie did bring in a lot of money, and maybe it was because of that name. She's it, the man. It probably was. It might be because it was Channing Tatum and Amanda. I'm Bynes. telling you, this this was an early Channing Tatum movie. But so then again, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I don't know where this is. I don't think he was pushing. I think it was Amanda Bynes. And I think it was girl power, and I think it was soccer, because all those things were pretty fucking hot in 2006, if I recall. I don't yeah. recall, so I'm going off of what you're saying. I don't remember 2006 none too well, to be honest with you. That's perfect, and just listen to me. But in 2006, Americans spent $33.7 million to go see fucking She's the Man. And in all foreign lands, people spent... million dollars this is a lot of money dude and this was before quarantine yeah like years before (laughs) wow i can't even imagine what it was like back then this movie made over 37 million dollars profit that's fantastic for a romantic comedy I would would hardly even classify it as a romantic comedy it is both of those things but i don't think that's what its main genre is at all no it's a teen movie it's it, it, that's what I mean. it almost just falls squarely into a teen movie, which involves romantic comedy, but does so much more than that on top of it. And this is where you get a character like fucking Eunice, who was maybe my favorite character in the whole movie. <laughs> fucking Eunice. So this movie was directed by Andy Finkman. And I think that written... says Fick, Fickman. Oh, I for some reason I thought I said Fink, but you are correct. So why don't you give us those writers? Is that Ewan Leslie, Karen McCullough, and Kirsten Smith? And I think dude, you're a good reader. I'm pretty sure Kirsten Smith is the writer of Legally Blonde, or at least she worked on Legally Blonde too. So I can see how that connects with this movie as well. And I think that came out before uh, She's the Man. I've never seen Legally Blonde. Either have I. It's really good. Highly recommended. Is Amanda Bynes in it? No, it's Reese Witherspoon. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda Bynes is in this movie. And she is. She plays Viola slash Sebastian because uh, she's the man. She's the man. In case you were wondering how that title worked, basically, the she in that title is for Viola and the man in that title is for Sebastian. And the the is for Amanda Bynes. Yes. Yeah. She's torn she's torn between being Sebastian and Viola. See how clever that title is? I told you. There's a lot of depth to that. It's like poetry. It's so clever you had to explain it to two people who got it already to make sure they would <laughs> like it as much as you. Uh Channing Tatum, as we said, is in this movie and he plays Duke, the captain of the soccer team. Who the fuck names a kid Duke? No, this movie is based on Shakespeare's The Twelfth Night, and pretty much every character and the schools are named after the characters in the play. Oh. Like Elysia is an island that Viola crashes on, and like the 
all this shit plays out basically the same way, except it's on a deserted island. With well, it's not deserted, but either way, that's why a high schooler in two thousand six is named Duke. <laughs> Laura Ramsey plays Olivia Lennox, the love interest of who who kind of gets screwed the whole fucking movie. Even when she walks it away at the end with the real Sebastian, she's only in love still with the idea of who Sebastian is. She doesn't know the real Sebastian outside she of seeing did read his dick his on the soccer field. She did read his lyrics that he did write. But that's still not, that's loving the idea of someone still. No, she you're right. She hasn't met you're him right. before then. She's built up something in her head. I like, I like to, ha- I like to think though that like he's, you know, that cool. I'm going to say just because this the tone of this movie that you're right and they do fall in love and it's a happily ever after until they divorce at 40 because they get sick of each other. But it's good until right. then at least. And, and their kids have to pretend to be guys to play soccer. And they end up kissing each other somehow because this is a super weird movie. Okay, so Vinnie Jones, who I think has <laughs> like a super high percentage of appearances on 50 Randy Quaid shit. Like he's in a lot of movies we do, I think. Who, yeah. David Cross or no, Vinny no, no, Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. I feel like he's in more Fifty Randy Quaid's episodes outside of anyone besides Nicolas Cage. I think he he just pops up in a lot of movies all the time. He does, and in this movie, he's playing someone named Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a really prominent role in this movie too. And and as I pointed out during the movie, he is the only like quote adult in this movie that is like normal ish oh he's not normal if you're saying dinklage is normal and i guess that's a testament to how weird the rest of the adults are but that's what i'm saying yeah. normal because like who are the other adults the, in this movie the her mom parents and the dad the, david the mom cross. And, the dad. and david cross david cross like i saw his <laughs> name on the list and i was like oh perfect great and he's basically Tobias from Arrested Development, and this is not true. Of, it's not true of every role that he plays, but this one specifically feels like Tobias is the headmaster of a preparatory school, and the baldy conversation that he has oh, with yeah. Amanda Bynes is the same thing as the never nude conversation. <laughs> I love it when he's like, he's like, just come out of the closet. You're baldy. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But no, the mom and the dad. Well, the dad is just really proud of how big his son's penis is after he shows it off to the whole town. Yeah, which is weird. That's my boy. That's my boy. And then, but and then when she shows her proud chest, when her tits come out, no, neither of them are proud of that. No, no. Like her dad's like, her dad's like, is it just me? There's is there an unusual amount of nudity in this soccer game? <laughs> yeah, but why didn't that? Why didn't that also get a? That's my girl. She's the girl. She's the man. She's the man. <laughs> She's the man. He's not going to say man, that's man, my man. girl because that's his boy. I don't know that that's a thing that I know. <laughs> well, did you read the title of the movie? It's pretty fucking clever, dude. All right, so who wants it goes to do, right with the movie? Who wants to do the IMDb breakdown? I think Australian Chuck Banner does. <laughs> yeah, are we sure that's Australian? Has that been proven? I don't know if it's Australian or not, but I think we need to rule out some variables before we assume it's Australian. We'll just bring someone in and they'll do it. All right. My brother decides to ditch school for a couple of weeks, and Viola heads over to his elite boarding school, disguises him no less, and proceeds to fail for the school's star soccer player, and soon learns that she's not the only one with romantic troubles. Soon learns she knew right away she wasn't the only one. She wasn't even the first one with romantic troubles. Her brother was with crazy-ass Monique. 
and apparently Duke had a bunch of them, and, and her uh, parents. other soccer player who was in love with Enos. Eunice, please Eunice. show fucking respect to Eunice. God I'm sorry. I've tried to remember her name. Eunice is my second favorite animal byproduct. <laughs> okay, so what really sold me on her, like I was sold on her when I first met her, but when they go to the carnival and she's the fortune teller and she's saying to a little, a little girl, like, what is it? I see a kitten gasping for air. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so dark. I didn't think this movie was going to be that dark. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Well, even like when 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 the hairdresser, like the friend who does the makeover thing, like he answers the phone. He's like, "Hello, my life sucks," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Is everyone like just like totally fed up with shit in this movie? What's going on? Because you already touched that this movie was based or inspired by the what was it, the Twelve Nights or Twelfth Night? Yeah, Twelfth Night. Well, didn't they make a Popeye cartoon about that? Dude, Shakespeare's been an inspiration for porno, so like it's been for everything. I don't know it. This movie wouldn't make a good porno. <laughs> it wouldn't. It, there's too many factors I think you'd have to dance around. Yeah, but hold yeah. on. Incest porno is super hot right now, so it'd actually probably be really easy. Or it'd be a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Alright, so... The first thing that I wrote down outside of the Twelfth Night thing was initially was like, all right, why are they walking onto the soccer field and then just finding out that their soccer team was eliminated? Like that seemed a little far fetched, and that was because like, you want no. All right, we're gonna go. Yeah, they didn't get like an email. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with seemed a little far fetched in this movie as a critique. Like, hold on, step back a second. It makes sense because the tone of how they speak about women and girls in this movie is they're an absolute afterthought and second to men. So it would make sense that they thought they still had a soccer team because everyone just forgot to tell them because they didn't matter that much. I can roll with that. That's no problem. It's people actually confusing the two for twins and her actually, her voice <laughs> compared to his voice. Like, that's a Chuck Band. You want to talk about, did she take lessons from you on how to do a terrible fucking accent? Because she nailed it. <laughs> Which I, is I love I love how no one notices the difference between the actual Sebastian and her coming back onto the field in the second half <laughs> of that soccer game. I can buy okay, so I can suspend my disbelief and say they're actually twins because they're supposed to be twins. That maybe they could be confused, I guess. I guess. But not when you hear them talk, because he doesn't talk anything like the way that she talks. And when she comes back out and talks to Dinklage in her, like, weird, white, black, man-girl accent, I don't know what she's doing there. It's not obvious that it wasn't Sebastian who was talking like a normal person the first half. <laughs> that's my there's that's the furthest my complaint will go was just how bad the accent was but i ended up loving it by the end because this movie is so fucking absurd i couldn't deny it <laughs> i w- i think i misinterpreted where they were going to be coming from and it was much better than i could have imagined oh yeah it was definitely this movie was way better than i expected it to be um i especially like the uh when amanda Bynes gets the 
Mrs. Doubtfire treatment with the mustaches that she decides to not wear. Yeah. That's when I realized this movie knew exactly what it was doing. Because it was like, if she's trying to be her brother who doesn't have a mustache, why would she be trying on mustaches? And I was like, they know that. They know Let alone that. have a whole mustache montage. Right, it was, and the way she was, again, following people on the street, trying to walk like them, learning how to chest bump. <laughs> like, it was like, why? none of this fits the brother that we met who was running away to London to play with his band. Like, Not at fuck? all. Like, people could fact check who she is and look at pictures. So if she comes in with a Fu Manchu, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> um, and then I wrote down a bunch of quotes from this movie. So some of the quotes I wrote down were, Inside every girl, there's a boy. <laughs> that came out wrong. Which <laughs> you could still uh, have a joke with. Just be, uh, just busy being a guy. Uh, you go, <laughs> just gonna take care of some guy stuff. <laughs> Here's one of mine. Uh, yeah, she gives good nod. <laughs> yeah, she gives good nod. <laughs> that was what I have written down too. <laughs> Uh, or, or you're officially my idol, man. In that same scene. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, it burns. <laughs> That's when she gets hit in the balls with a soccer ball. Like, how does no one hear that and go, hold on, burns is not what that feels and like. It's, and Maybe it's very later. delayed. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Like, and that's again, they knew what they were doing and how absurd it was because she was obvious throughout the entire movie. But that's not the point. Is her really well, trying to hide it? Every time she smiled, you're like, okay, you could. We can all tell that this is a woman. <laughs> uh, every time it looked like her pecs were definitely smushed tits. Was when I thought <laughs> it was a woman. <laughs> um, also, I wrote down: um, Have you ever tried to run away in high heels? <laughs> Not easy. Also, one of the things that I thought, uh, the the concept of the kissing booth, that's a only a movie thing, right? Yeah, did those ever really exist? I have no fucking clue. I'm going to guess that at some point a kissing booth was a real thing, but it might be like the missing persons on a milk carton situation where it only happened for a very brief period of time in a very limited area, and it just became legend that it was this massive thing that happened yeah, everywhere for a long I think time. Two, even in 2006, like kissing booth doesn't seem like th something that would have actually happened during that time frame. Definitely all. not. Definitely not in 2020, where I can't even fucking stand six feet close to someone. Like, you no, know I mean? but so even in 2006, like, like the concept no. of just having women up there that you can pay to kiss sounds really no. dangerous and terrible and awful. <laughs> and, like, I'm sorry, in 1956, it sounds that way too. They just didn't right, care about right. that. But but by 2006, we kind of had an idea of the terribleness that that would happen. But I feel like in the year 2006 or 2007, a kissing booth takes place on the OC. Well, and the oh, I'm, weird thing I'm about sure it, it takes place in a lot of movies at that time. The oh, yeah. I, weird thing I'm about it is it's like happening. Th these are high school students and there are like old, old men in line. Yeah. And one, yeah. one didn't have gum in his mouth. What was that supposed to be if it wasn't gum? I just hope that joke was just kind of a... It doesn't Open mean ended. anything. So do I. But I'm saying, imagine in your head, like, if it's not gum, what yeah. is it? An old balloon? I went through that for a good, like, minute or two after that. Like, what the fuck uh -huh. was that? Uh-huh. I, I, I couldn't come up with line. anything. I settled on I, old balloon, which is weird, I thought maybe but tobacco. not gross. 
guess. Let's not go too far into that. Moving his tongue around a lot. He doesn't have any teeth. Oh, just just chewing on his tongue. That's <laughs> what I do when I don't have teeth. Slopping around in his mouth. Be honest, there's not too much I wrote down about, like outside of just a couple of quotes, and because like I was having too much fun just like laughing, because I I really got into this movie. Like I fucking love it. Like I don't know how you watched it, but I couldn't find it for free. Like I didn't really look that hard, so I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna rent it on Amazon." And now I want to buy it. I found it somewhere, but I won't buy it. I really did enjoy it, but I don't think I need to add it to my collection. I want to add this to my collection. But but even like the weirdo secondary characters, like Monique, who is Sebastian's ex-girlfriend, <laughs> is just wild. And I, I know she's on American Horror Story. She's been on a couple other things, too, like after this, obviously. But she was really good in that role. And then the weird dude at the school, Malcolm, who talked to spiders... And like spied on Olivia from the tree outside her window and sang a song about it, like Chuck. <laughs> and he had like a pillow that had her face on it and had like pictures of her all over his uh, room. And why didn't he have a roommate? Um, because no one wanted a room with it. I mean, I, I, because it's a movie. I mean, who knows, man? Because his spider is his roommate. I... Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It's just there's some things like that where it's like, all right, like you don't have to explain it. It just they. They don't make much sense, like, continuity-wise. There's a whole... I'm not worried about continuity. If you're worried about continuity in this movie, then you're thinking too hard about this movie already. Like, they made it clear from the beginning. Like, don't worry about it. We're gonna... They give you what you want, Chuck. They give you a solid, tied-up-at-the-end, and in this case, happy ending. Right? Oh, yeah. This movie's fantastic. You get your conclusion. But there's a lot of shit that happens in there that, like, has no rhyme or reason or doesn't make any fucking sense. But that's the point. And that's, like, I'm just glad I realized that early on. Like, she's just now going to that school when she hadn't been enrolled for the first two weeks? Yeah. Well, her brother was supposed to be at that school. Yeah, but... but How does she she, explain her absence from her own school? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of loopholes I didn't think about that that until right now. And that's why it's like, oh, well, they're rich enough to where, like, they can just be like, well, fuck it. We'll just, you're enrolled here now. Fuck it. You missed two weeks. Yeah, that's clearly Because you were here. By the end, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Malcolm and Monique become a tag team by the end, which is great. And they team up as a triple team. They're a trio with the principal. And they're, and that's how we get the teenage nudity. Those three spark the public teenage nudity in front of the entire town. <laughs> then is that what is essentially the climax of this movie? Yeah, because like so she wants to go play the soccer game and she obviously can't at her school, so she's pretending to be her brother so she can play soccer. She's the man. She's not good enough to be the first string. Then all of a sudden, she trains to be the first string in exchange for trying to get Channing a date with uh, Olivia. And then, like, everybody starts falling for each other, except for it's, like, hilarious. And then we get to the final game where she's playing her old school. Bada bing, bada boom. We figure out what's happening halfway through the game. And for some reason, everyone's just like, "All right, let's just keep going." <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw two more quotes that I have. The last two quotes I have written down because uh, they tie right into the situation you led us into. The morning of 
the big game against Viola's former school where she's pretending to be Sebastian to beat her ex-boyfriend who was the goalie and a goalie ninja on top of that. But Sebastian's Sebastian's the one who's actually on the field right now because he got confused for his sister and just rushed out there and face paint and it's all fucked up. Well, she's sleeping at Eunice's house because she's got nowhere to stay because her and Duke had a big fight with each other because she's in love with him, but he doesn't know that she's a she. She thinks she's a he, whatever. Eunice comes in and goes, I didn't wake you up for the big game because you look so serene. I made breakfast, darling! And it was a cupcake. With a fucking gummy worm on it. What the fuck? Like, I was just... <laughs> and then uh, uh, Headmaster David Cross describes the real Sebastian's dick and balls as his Willis and Doodleberries. <laughs> <laughs> and Eunice also says that soccer is the world's favorite sport after Sebastian whips his dick out. <laughs> and I did make a note of how that seemed to be an unusually large crowd for a high school soccer game. This was clearly like, we already mentioned how rich the parents seem to be. I think this is like rich motherfuckers making high school sports way more important than they need to be. There are definitely college or high school football games in Texas that are more heavily attended than this soccer game was. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's something that we kind of know just because Texas is like that with football. Hold on, but also Amanda Bynes, pre- uh, Am- Am- Amanda Bynes pretended to be her brother for an entire movie, and everyone bought it. So, like, I think we can go with the attendance being a little puffed up, <laughs> like WrestleMania fun. three was. That's fine. All right. So, is there anything else that uh, you have to say about this movie, Tater? No, I think that just about wraps it up. JT, I just want to point out that Eunice does find love with Duke's friend Toby at the end. Oh, yeah, which is very clear from the beginning. Wait, it's also, it also feels clear to me, and I don't remember the other friend's name, but at the um, the debutante ball at the end, his other friend was having a little smiley action with the hairdresser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really think they touch ever on say that his, throughout they, the movie. They say it in the beginning, in the very beginning, when she walks into the room with uh, Tanning Chatham, and he introduces them all. Alright, well this is where we get to that point of the program. We are going to rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's. IMDB gives She's the man, she's the man, she's the man. Amanda Bynes is the man. Um, yeah, IMDB 31.5 out of 50 Randy Quaid. Did you just sing She's the Manda Bynes? <laughs> <laughs> I hope, but I don't think so. You hope, but you don't think so, which means you didn't. <laughs> yeah, but it's possible I did. So can't in my head, in my head consciously. She's the Manda Bynes. All right, so what do you give this movie, Taylor Ricardo? All right, so I definitely haven't done this in a while, but I'm giving it a 50. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, it does exactly everything. It, it it does exactly what it set out to do. Like, any bad thing you can say about this is resolved within a joke in the movie somewhere. Like, it just does what it's supposed to. It's it's fun. It's hilarious. I didn't expect that. Like, I was just hungover 
the first time I watched it, I was just hung over. And I'm like, are we watching an Amanda Bynes fucking movie? And proceeded to fucking laugh my ass off. The second time, which was tonight, uh, dude, it was just as good as the first time. Just as good. I was dying. Um, yeah, it's it's for the type of movie it is. It's a perfect movie. It really is. So I'm I'm on the same level as Tater in the sense that I didn't expect this movie to be as good as it ended up being. When Chuck had mentioned that you had suggested we do this i was like oh so this is one of those like tater loves it for some weird fucking stupid obscure tater reason and i'm gonna watch it and go this is stupid at 15 randy quaid's i'm out i don't get it and i'm not gonna get it and i don't really want to talk about it but i was pleasantly surprised like like i said earlier they reveal very quickly because i thought it was gonna be a different kind of movie the tone of it was much different i think it knew how absurd it was and it didn't run away from how absurd it was my only complaint is it didn't go as absurd as maybe as it it could have, especially with some of the people in the cast. Like, David Cross could have done a lot more, and maybe there are deleted scenes where he did. I don't know. I didn't watch this on DVD, so I don't know if those exist. And the mom, uh, Viola's mom, is, I've seen her in a bunch of other things. She's super funny. Like, you could do more with her and make this even crazier, but they didn't need to because they were marketing this for a less absurd audience, I'm sure. And it hit, I don't know, it hit for me. I'm not going to give it a 50 but I will give it a solid 38. Uh, so, yeah, we're all kind of in the same camp here. Um, IMDb, way too low. Way too low. Like, that's the yeah. floor for where this movie's at. I, I think it's that low because a lot of people just... I, I hate to say they didn't get it and, like, I got it and I'm fucking smarter than them because that's not it. But I think a lot of people went in with the same thought as I had. This is going to be something that it isn't and watched it through that lens all the way to the end instead of adjusting and going, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think there's, yeah, it's probably just a lot of that where it's just like I have a preconceived notion of what this movie's going to be and it doesn't fit it, so I'm not going to like this movie out of spite, even though the preconceived notion that about this movie is something I didn't want to see anyhow, probably, from a lot of these I, people. I have a definite impression that Almost anybody who gave this movie five minutes of a chance is going to end up liking it. Like, it really, it's just the kind of humor that can appeal to everybody, I think. Unless you have a hard time getting over situations that are completely implausible, and not by their very nature, but by how they're even played out. Because she was obvious that she was a girl throughout the entire movie. Yeah. But and I, if you just get over the fact that that's not important, that she's being obvious or not, and that that doesn't matter, and just roll with the punches, suspend your disbelief, it's worth the laughs, 100%. Yeah, and I think if you, if you don't like really awkward moments in movies, because I know there's people that don't like really awkward shit. I love awkward shit. But, like, there's some really awkward, cringy moments in this movie. But I love it for those, you know? There's some awkwardness in this movie, but it's not to the point where it's super unbearable because like keep in mind this is for like teens so it can't be like super cringeworthy right so like that's where i line pretty much right with rick uh i give this movie a 50 out of 50 randy quaid's because it is like the perfect representation of what this movie was going for it didn't take itself seriously it went there and it was just like no we're just gonna have a lot of fun and and still give you a really 
good, well done movie. It had some heartfelt spots. It made me fucking clap. I was like, man, if we don't like, like at the end there when Sebastian was going out on the field and like he was playing like shit and Amanda Bynes is like, dude, this is my game. What's going on? Like I was like, dude, she better get out of this fucking field. Like yeah. we just watched this whole fucking movie for her to play fucking soccer against her own school and. She's getting to the spot where she's not even going to play. I'm like, dude, she better get in the fucking second I'm, half. I'm sorry, but did you think there was any fucking doubt that she was getting on that no. football field? And that's what I'm saying. Like the, it, So you're saying she better. Like To me, it was a foregone conclusion. There was no actual like suspense in that moment. Which, again, I don't think that was the point. You're supposed to know she's getting back on that field. But it wasn't even a doubt in my mind. No, as it's soon just, as I re- oh, there's always as soon a as I realized it was shadow the of night, a doubt. Again, if you know what it's based on, and they're not going to deviate from that, especially in a movie geared towards teenagers, you know how I this is going to no go. I had no idea what it was based on. I saw what it was inspired by. I do not know that I am not a Shakespearean person. You look very I Shakespearean. I don't know everything about Shakespeare, but I am familiar with The Twelfth Night, among a couple of other Shakespeare things. Not me. So, Did I you know that Ten like... Things I Hate About You is also based on a Shakespeare play? I knew that, but I don't know what it's based on. I just know. Would that it matter if you it. did? What about she's all that? I don't know for sure, but maybe. Oh, that's that definitely Shakespeare. That's Romeo and Juliet, man. No, that's Romeo and Juliet. It's Romeo and Juliet. Either way, I have this movie a fifty out of fifty. But they don't die. It's got a happy ending because it's. It gives me everything I want. I liked it. I am going to be purchasing this movie. I will definitely watch it again. I encourage everybody. To not only watch this movie, just buy it. Or now, here's my question: Did it make you want to watch more movies that star Amanda Bynes, or was it not necessarily the strength of her performance, but the performance of the movie as a whole? I think it was definitely more so the strength of the movie as a whole. I I liked the story. I liked I, everything about this movie. I really enjoyed. I thought it was written well. I thought the story was well done. The characters. They they built up the right characters. They didn't like they didn't worry about the ones that were inconsequential or were only there for so much time. That, that was why like was why I said Vinnie Jones seemed like the most normal adult in the movie because there were like four adults and the dad and, literally like, doesn't show up until the game at the end. Yeah, <laughs> and they were all one dimensional. And that's the point of it, because they don't matter in the way that you need to flesh them out. They're just ridiculous exactly. background characters that make laughs. It just seemed like uh, good decision-making. Like, let's not waste our time fleshing out these characters that mean nothing. Economical screenwriting. And, you know, they're doing that in 2006 where there is no quarantine. So Yeah, no quarantine in 2006. Not in America, at least. They may have been quarantined somewhere else. Yeah, maybe somewhere else. Where else matters? Ronald Reagan for president. This isn't 1953. Oh, well, it wouldn't have made sense then either because he was too busy acting in movies. <laughs> 76. You're 64. Closer. Let's just go with... Let's go with... Let's close this bitch out. 42. All right. Yeah. 50 out of 50 from Chuck Banner. 50 out of 50 from Teddy Ricardo. Uh, would you give it a 39? 38. 38. That's a, that's a show-wide average of 43. Randy Quaid's. And I ain't going to even call you guys or question you guys on the 50s. That's fine. I get it 100%. Like, I feel like I came in low, but I think in the grand scheme of things, that's a fair score to give it. And I won't yeah, defend it I any mean, further like, than and that. That's, 
we we were talking about it right after we finished the movie. Like I looked at him and I was just like, it's gonna be hard for me to not give this a fifty because I fucking love this movie. I've never given anything a fifty. The highest I've ever given is a forty-eight. Do you have a movie you'd give a fifty to? Maybe. We've all we've we've all kind of picked movies. I've thought about it. Like the next one I picked, I'm not gonna give a fifty, and that's gotta, why I haven't. Huh? You gotta pick one that give, that you give a fifty to. Compare your favorite movie to everybody else. Uh, do I know I could pick a fifty right Mine now. Mine was Jurassic Park. I got. I guess I got a couple. I would go with my Castle in the Sky. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know if I've seen that movie. I've, oh, dude, I love it so much. But the, and that's the thing when I pick a movie, I always think like it's not about like what I would rate it. It's how do I think everyone's gonna feel about it, or how do I think? Because like, I want, I really want to know Chuck's reaction to Ready or Not, which is part of because I know I love it, but I want to know how he would rate that. So it's equal measure, not whether or not I would rate it a fifty, but how everyone else is gonna react to it. And uh, with that. Uh, you can catch all of our new episodes on iTunes and 50randyquades.com. You can follow us on Twitter at 50randyquades. And like us on Facebook. Next time on 50randyquades. You sound like Amanda Bynes trying to be a man. Hashtag quarantine edition. Episode 107. Ready or not. This is uh, JT's pick, and we are going to watch this movie. And is it based off the Fugees? Um, yes. It it is. It is. There is a hologram of Notorious B.I.G. in it as well. <laughs> yes, I've always wanted to see a hologram of Notorious B.I.G. And he fights a hologram of uh... Tupac Shakaru. No, no, they no, were bu- not, they were buddies. Not not Tupac. Uh, what's that other guy that had a uh, hologram? Suge Knight. No, Suge Knight is alive. He doesn't need a hologram. <laughs> uh, are we Lil, sure about Lil, that? Lil, Lil Sebastian. Huh? Lil Sebastian. No, no, no. It was a guy that got into a pretty bad car accident. John Denver. James Dean. Um, James Dean. Hold on, hold on. I got it. Paul Walker. Yeah. So Paul Walker fights. Notorious B.I.G. I'd pay to see that shit. And it's all holograms. And that's in a couple of weeks on episode 107. Ready or not. Until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace out. <laughs>